Welcome to Choices, the podcast that allows you to simply be. I'm Vidya Bella and my job is to help you think about things a little bit differently, to help you cope with those challenges in life that may be affecting your happiness or performance, and hopefully provide you with some clarity in your decision making. When was the last time you fell in love with yourself? Probably never because you don't think about it. We think about loving other people, our partners, our family, our children even. But when did you last say, I love you to yourself? So this week, we'll be in that build up to Valentine's Day that we all either embrace wholeheartedly. (laughs) Did you see what I tried to do there? We either endure or we just detest for one reason or another. Valentine's Day is just all about the expression of love. Nowadays, we seem to have a day for absolutely everything. Did you know that the other week was National Croissant Day? And who would have thought? But (laughs) Valentine's Day is one of those traditional, long-standing ones. And as I'm talking to you right now, I'm remembering the fact that the first ever competition I won at school was in fact when I was six. And it was for a Valentine's Day competition. And I had to draw a poster, a poster for the occasion. And I remember I was presented with some book vouchers for a princely sum of one pound, which back in the day got you a whole book and not just a few pages of it. But I never forget, you know, the joy, that sense of achievement for something that I'd made, that I'd created And is that what, in part, Valentine's Day is actually about? Just celebrating joy at something you have created, be it love for someone else or yourself. And that poses an interesting reflection for me this week. Because the traditional backdrop for Valentine's Day is about indulging the other person in your life. But I know that whilst there'll be listeners who are in relationships, there will be those who are single or whose relationships are breaking down. They're recently separated, people who are divorced or who are widowed. And this episode is for everyone because I'm here to say, here to remind you that you are in a relationship, the most important relationship you'll ever be in the relationship with yourself. And I'd say the most important person to honour and to love is yourself. And I don't mean that, you know, in that ego way. I mean in a genuine love thyself kind of wholesome way. And you know, this is totally coming from someone who struggled to do that for such a long time in life. And in order to do my day non-job, as I fondly call it, I've had to do lots of transformational learning to get to the root of lots of the junk that I was clinging on to in my own life. And I, I recognized that lots of that junk was around self-worth, you know, not believing I was good enough for anything, let alone anyone. And when you keep telling yourself these things and subtly putting yourself down, 
you know, you can't possibly be speaking from a space of love to yourself. It may be, well be that the, the junk that you're clinging on to prevents you from showing up for yourself. But I'm going to pose a question, and it's one that probably may hit hard for some and for others totally resonate. If you're so busy berating yourself, even hating on yourself, how can you really love someone else and be totally in love with that person? And there'll be some who, who'll listen who may say, but I know what love is and I, I feel it when I'm with the person. And whilst I don't doubt that, you're perhaps only experiencing the tip of an iceberg because you're not showing up fully without your hang-ups. Your other half will not be seeing you in your entirety. They'll love you as the person with those issues. If you don't believe you're capable of receiving love from yourself, how can you receive love from another person? You may think you recognize it, but part of you will be withdrawing and recoiling because real love scares you. So I know it's got all a bit, <laughs> it's got a bit serious from my story about winning the book voucher at school, but I hope you can hear what I'm trying to say and that you hear that it comes from my own heart space. Because we substitute the those concepts that we hear so often about self-care. We substitute those for self-love. And the two, though they're really linked, they're just not the same. Those acts of self-care, you know, taking the time to do things for ourselves. You know, when, like when things go back to normal, like having our hair cut, our nails done, or, you know, exercising at the gym. And even some of the things that we might do at the moment, you know, taking a walk, meditating, they're all acts and gestures. And, and whilst I'm here, as an aside, taking time out for self-care is really not selfish, another myth that I might as well blow out of the water whilst I'm sitting here talking very seriously and very deeply. That's a different episode. But self-love is, is about just being able to look yourself in the eye and say in humanness with kindness and compassion that I, in my entirety, just am. And for that, I accept myself, I respect myself, and I love myself. No buts. And I'm not saying that's always easy, because things happen in life that can really change that perspective. But that's your core, that's your starting point. The moment you're born, you're wired for love, to be loved. So that's my take on all this stuff. But I thought it would be really helpful to talk to an expert. 
So Sue Plumtree is a personal relationship coach, author and speaker who works with people to enable them to build strong and loving relationships with themselves and others. So Sue, how long have you been in the business of love and relationships? About 15 years. But the interesting thing is I understood more as time went past because that was about the time when I left my first marriage and it took time to understand what had gone wrong. And so I know more about what went wrong than when I first started coaching. But I think it's the same for all of us coaches. We learn, we grow, we become more informed and we become more useful, I think. And that goes for all of us. Definitely. Through our own experiences, we can use that to great effect. So I know that you you help people who may be struggling, be it in or out of their relationship with the right choices. Just tell me a little bit more about that. The main problem why people make poor choices is mostly because they don't really like themselves. They don't really know themselves and they don't really respect themselves. And as a result, they make very poor choices. Is it okay if I answer some of your questions with my own life story? Of course. Go, or to go kind of highlight what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's so important. We want to hear that. Yeah. When I first arrived in England, I was 20, very insecure. I went to a concert about three months after I arrived in England from Buenos Aires in Argentina. And I arrived early because I wanted a good seat. Turned out the place was completely empty, except for one man who was sitting right bang in the middle of the room. I took a look at him. I liked what I saw. And I went over and I sat right next to him. Can you imagine... I broke every social taboo that existed. But this is the point. I decided right there and then that I would see if I could make him fall in love with me. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to prove to myself that I was attractive enough. The tragedy was I succeeded and we married. And I stayed married for 37 years. But the point is because I didn't know myself at all, I made a choice that changed my life forever. So we make poor choices when we don't like themselves and we don't respect yourself when we don't know ourselves. Yeah, you don't operate from your true space. Absolutely not. That came so much later. Yes, turned out that my marriage uh, is a treasure trove. I I tell people how I screw up. (laughs) (laughs) I saw we all have plenty of stories. (laughs) I have plenty of stories. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, people, they judge their relationships and we hear about successful relationships. How do you even define success like that? And do you think actually healthy is a more beneficial term to use? I don't use either one of those terms. What I do use instead is developing supportive and loving relationships. That tells you immediately what it's all about. Yeah. Whether it's healthy or not, it's irrelevant, it's a label. But strong and supportive and loving, people know immediately what it means to them. Yeah, I really like that. It says what it mm. on the tin. It says what it does. Yeah. So how important is it, and, and you know, I've talked about that today, but how important is it 
to love yourself? I actually, I'm, I'm splitting hairs here, you know, but prefer to like yourself. I think it's slightly different and it's absolutely fundamental. And the reason for that is because people take you at your own valuation. If you don't like yourself, if you put yourself down, if you put everybody else's need ahead of your own, if you take yourself for granted, all those things, people pick it up mm. and they will treat you casually, carelessly, disrespectfully, no consideration. So it starts with you. Yeah, definitely. And in my opinion, you can't not really know what love is if you don't love yourself. That's where it all starts. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's certain elements that fall under that. So getting to know yourself, who you really are, what really matters to you, what your needs and wants really are, uh, what is really important, and what you need to feel loved in a relationship. All those things people never think about before they enter a relationship, or even they know what hurts them, but not what would make them love in, be loved instead. Yeah. So getting to know yourself is important. Getting to like yourself and getting to respect yourself. At that point, you will be ready to have be able to fix a relationship that is hurting you right now mm. or find the right partner for you mm. before you enter a relationship. Yeah. And there's a lot to it. It's how I recognized the man when I first met him. Turned out he was my soulmate, the love of my life. We were both 70 at the time, which is five years ago. And we married in last December. Oh. And he, the best thing that ever happened to me when oh. I was 70. Yeah. So it's never too late. I tell everybody how old I am because I want people to know what's possible. Yeah. Even find love. Yeah, you you ha you have this life. You must live and and love in it, really, to your fullest. Absolutely. Can I just say that you so don't look yeah. seventy, by the way. Seventy six, darling. Seventy six. Oh my god. I'm, I'm just rehearsing saying it. <laughs> you look fantastic. I am the healthiest and happiest that I've ever been. When I was married, my health suffered terribly and there's a connection mm. between happy relationships and the quality of your health and well-being definitely you look positively radiant you can see Thank that you. you can see that yeah so you kind of touched on it already but you know what steps can people take to love themselves you know, when they might feel they're stuck in a rut and not worthy of love or even liking themselves. You talked of needs, you talked of wants, knowing yourself. What are steps that people could start to take? It's a great question. I think it would be easier if I can tell you my journey from sure. the point that you just described to where I am today. Obviously, I didn't do it without the help of a life coach. I give credit to Alan, who stood by me through thick and thin. When I finally reached 60, I was able to find the courage to leave a 37-year-old marriage when I was 60. So um, that took courage. Yeah. So that was something that I did eventually. It, it kind of 
The pain of staying was worse than the fear of the unknown. When I left, I, actually, I was still blaming him for my unhappiness and the breakdown of my marriage. But I then went on to live on my own for the following 10 years. And I learned about two years after I left my marriage, how I contributed to the breakdown of my relationship. Mm. Up until the point, I thought that it was, he was to blame for everything. It was very painful. And very liberating because the only person you can change is yourself. And I didn't know it until then. I blamed him for everything. I discovered I was more capable than I believed. With Alan's help, I learned to let go of my people-pleaser tendencies. Mm. I let go mostly of a habit of beating myself up. I started moving out of my comfort zones and take all kinds of risks. The biggest one of all is to make myself emotionally vulnerable, which is something you cannot do unless you like yourself and you know you're not going to, and not everybody's going to like you. And it's, you know, that's fine. Yeah. But most people, certainly not a people pleaser, (laughs) can handle that sort. It means to be able to speak your truth. Yeah. And, uh, and I hope that they won't use it against you. But then yeah, I also learned the art of discernment, which is a question of who to trust with my truth. And it's not everybody. Mm. And selective. I started attracting amazing people into my life. I mean, fabulous for somebody who's been yearning for love and not knowing why I couldn't make it happen. It was just an amazing journey. One huge mistake that I made that kept love at a distance was I believed that I had to be completely independent and never ask for help. I was terrified that if I asked for help, people would think that I'm needy and demanding and they would leave me. I discovered when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2009 that people love to help. People love to help. And not only that, they feel then able to ask for help in return. And the other thing that I learned in the journey of getting to like myself is that I am the one who has to take the initiative. While most people wait for the other person to make the first step. And that's never going to happen. So if there's something you don't like in your life, you are the one who has to take that first step. Do you know what? Listening to you, you're such an inspiration because in through your, yeah, because through your through your own journey and sharing, you can see all that you've been through has been for this to help others to yes. find that that peace that yes. that you have been on your own journey with. It's beautiful. Mm. I love to share how I screwed up and what I learned from it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What I'm getting right as well. I'm an expert in screwing up (laughs) and I'm an expert (laughs) also in how to build a fantastic relationship. Sure. And actually something you talked of there about speaking your truth and being vulnerable and being authentic. Mm. You know, in my in my last episode of choices that's what we were talking about episode three or was it four i've lost track now but we were talking just about that so it's interesting that you two point to that as as really quite important so moving on a little bit then tell me 
you know, give us an example of some work that you've done in the past that's really transformed someone else's life and just helped someone to love themselves and perhaps begin a different relationship with themselves that has meant that that world has opened up for them as well. I'm really glad you asked me that one. I can boast. <laughs> this is your chance, Sue. This is your chance. <laughs> well, actually, I can't boast. It's because my client has to yeah. take the... I mean, I can guide her. I can champion her. Mm. But she's the one who has to do the work. Uh, her name is Catherine. And she was 63 years old when we started working together. She came to me because she had been for three years in a most toxic relationship. Mm. I'm telling you, really bad relationship. She decided that she would fall in love once and forever. And she would never stop loving him. Mm. So she would talk about how tender and loving and wonderful he was. Next minute, she would tell me about his behavior, which I'm not going to go into it right now. The journey was for her to realize why did she tolerate it. Her her responsibility, because she saw herself as the victim, of course, she accepted that unacceptable behavior. And it took a long time for her to recognize that he wasn't the only one in her life who treated her carelessly. She had friendships going back to year dot where she would run after them wanting to be loved and they treated her carelessly over time. And she, and the worst thing was she was a woman with dreams. So she used to have dreams and a, a trained and highly qualified psychologist herself. Oh, wow. yeah. And she had dreams that she set aside for this man. The upshot was not only she let him go, but she also let all the other toxic relationships go. Partly to do with COVID and lockdown, she, she said to me, life is too short for all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> she just let him go, just like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, then, and then she went back to her life, went back to her dream, and it was to write an academic book. And it's uh, about to be published now. Oh, amazing. So, that, uh, to me, yeah. it's just awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. She's living her dreams now. She's really. living her dream now. Yeah. But it was hard work. It was hard work letting go of that beliefs that um, they are great friends and, you know, and it's up to her to make it work. Yeah, and and I so think, isn't it, when you have lived a life where you're in the habit of holding back and not living your fullest, yeah, that's, that's the pattern that you live and to break away from that is quite uncomfortable because you're so used to it. So it's exactly. really, you really have to challenge yourself and commit to yourself in order to make those changes and i'm glad you used the word habit yeah because actually that's what it is yeah Mm -hmm. you know it's not a personality thing and people say oh it's so ingrained i can't change rubbish it's a a habit (laughs) you can say rubbish too if you want to rubbish (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so lovely talking to you sue i think we'd very much come from the same school of thought and and it's been just so nice hearing your personal experiences and just yeah. sharing with us has been great so how can people find you sue 
Ah, that is a great question. Thank you. Um, they can check me out on my website, www.suplumtree.com, and they can see in the homepage the great photograph of me paragliding when I was 70. Love it. Amazing. Living life. You are the example. <laughs> Um, my mobile number is 07903-795-027. And my email address is sue at sueplumtree.com. Wonderful. Thank you Thank so you. much, Sue. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us. So it was really great to talk to Sue and really hear her inspirational insights despite that challenging sound environment that she was in. It's a sign of the times as we record remotely these days. The bottom line is love yourself so you can really love others with an openness of heart and spirit. And this week, I challenge you to write your own Valentine's card. Get in touch with me and I'll send you one ready for you to write a love letter to yourself in total appreciation of you. It seems only fitting that I share that I love you all in all your crazy humanness. So thanks for listening and I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Choices Podcast. Please like, subscribe and don't forget to review. If you have a topic that you'd like me to cover, let me know. Drop me a note at choices at vividoutcomes.co.uk. This week, be sure to send me in your love letters. And if you want to hear about what I'm doing when I'm not podcasting, then head over to my website, vividoutcomes.co.uk. Catch you next week.